Welcome to the 183rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 28th, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show. With me is co-host and the other half of the show, Carlos Rodella. How's it going, Carlos? What's up? Just sitting here uh, drinking my Jack Daniels and Coke. Thank you very much. Lovely. Sounds like a nice relaxing evening. I am drinking water. Oh. Well, it's important to hydrate, you know. I mean, we are bags of mostly water, as aliens like to call us, and you got to refill that bag of water sometimes. Hey, you're making me feel bad now. Okay, I'll go get water, too. <laughs> water chaser to that jack and coke. yeah exactly <laughs> all right folks well you know we don't like to uh, bullshit around we don't like to stick the front of the show full of filler so we're going to get right to the games in just a moment but before we do that we have a couple of items of housekeeping um first off i don't know if i sound different to you at all but just fyi uh last week after we recorded episode 182 uh, I accidentally dropped my microphone really hard on a concrete floor, and I think that there may be a wire loose inside of it. I'm going to replace it, but I didn't have a chance to do that yet. Um, so we are recording with my potentially broken mic. I just wanted to give you a heads up and apologize if I sound weird or if the audio uh, this week sounds worse. Um, so sorry about that. I will try to get a replacement ASAP, and hopefully it's not too bad. The word on the uh, street, by the way, was that you threw it. You threw it out a window. I mean, I had a little bit of rage, real brief, intense rage. I don't know about what. It was probably just, you know, life, <laughs> the, politics, the world, the world, something. And I just, you know, the thing at hand was the microphone. Don't throw your mic. Don't break your stuff. It's not good. These things no. are expensive to replace. Um, all right, Carlos, that's all I have for housekeeping. You've got a couple quick things. And then we're going to talk about games. What do you got to uh, clean house on? Uh, just a couple of things. One, uh, we had mentioned Mafia 2 and how I had so many issues with that game with all the bugs. Yes, last episode. Last episode. And then an article went out. Um, but, of course, I didn't do the research on my housekeeping. I forgot what website that was. Maybe you can look it up while I'm saying the words because I sent it to you. But an article came out and basically just said all the same things that I said in uh, our podcast, which was... The audio was in the left channel for some reason, and it was only in the left ear. And there was all these sort of hiccups and glitches. And yeah, all basically most of the stuff that I was saying that it wasn't really um, a true remaster and it had like some really glaring problems. Like the 2K logo, they had that same thing that I had where the 2K logo was up in the right-hand corner and it was blocking some of the actual game itself. So I felt vindicated that other people had... A terrible experience well i'm glad you're not alone you were not imagining that i've heard um several people say the exact same thing i am rapidly frantically trying to look up that info and i cannot locate it but i do oh there it is uh nope nope that is us talking about that <laughs> we were not quoting ourselves was it push square i think it was push yes push square yeah that sounds right dot com good people over at push square hello push square people there was an article uh, written by Liam Croft on uh, last Sunday, it looks like. And yes, he outlined many of the same issues you were talking about. So it definitely sounds like uh, the, the I don't know, uh, less than satisfactory quality of this port was uh, not great. Probably explains why they didn't do a whole lot of PR about it. I, I suspect that they probably knew it was a bit of a dog. So yeah. vindication for you. Vindication for me. And I think that they're going to be doing a lot of PR 
and um, talking about Mafia One when that comes out because that is again truly a you know built from the ground up game. So I'm excited about that still. Excellent, excellent. Uh, the other thing was there was an article on your website or our website or whatever it is. Game you're part of it. We're all family here. You're included. We're all, okay. GameCritics.com, one of the video games' best websites in the, the universe. The best website on the world. Okay. Uh, or universe. <laughs> so, anyways, on that site, uh, someone reviewed Telling Lies, and we had mentioned that on this podcast, and I had mentioned how I got started with the game, realized it was her story, too, and decided to exit stage left and never to return. Yet, who was it that reviewed it for you? Uh, it was good man Jared Johnston. Uh, he reviewed Telling Lies for us, specifically the PS4 version. He ended up really liking the game a lot, but he said that he disliked the PS4 version because of interface issues. So he definitely recommends the game, but he recommends it on PC because of mouse and keyboard is apparently the best way to play it. Yeah, and, and that made sense. Uh, that part of the article I agreed with because essentially the game is you as characters looking at a computer screen. So you'd want to play it on a computer screen. That was not my main issue with it, though. And so what's interesting is he didn't bring up the part that the actual gameplay is just hunting and searching for words, which, again, if you're into that and you liked her story for that, then you will like this game. But for me, that's the part that made me exit stage left. Yeah, I can't say that I'm a fan of it either, but I definitely know more than a few people who really got into it. So, I mean, you know, it just could be one of those things where, you know, it's it's right for some people, not right for others. And it just so happens that game is not right for the so video games podcast right and that's why i bring it up because who knows everything's subjective like i've said before it you might love it so take our words with a grain of salt yes absolutely absolutely and that's true of anything that's true of anything although wait hold All on right. I, I know i say what? that but then like I, there was a specific episode <clears throat> where i said something like well take our words with a grain of salt and you're like no this is actually just bad <laughs> Well, I mean, when I'm correct, then no, you don't need oh, salt for that. It's just correct. But if there's, correct. if there's, you know, if there's some subjective thing, right. then salt is appropriate. But if it's me just giving you knowledge, then no, don't take salt for that. Wow, just, I'm just confused by that statement. <laughs> um, let's move on to video games. Let's move on to video games. All right, down to the main event. We've got uh, actually a fair number of games to talk about tonight. Let's uh, start off with you, Carlos. Curse of the Dead Gods. Full disclosure, this was something that PR sent to us a while ago for you to look at and honestly i don't know very much about it at all i know that you were planning to hit this uh for a couple episodes we got sidetracked but we're going to talk about it right here right now pretend like i don't know anything about this game because honestly i don't uh curse of the dead gods what is it yes it's uh from past tech games and it is i think still in early access i believe when i just booted it up again to relook at it uh it still had the early access messaging so um Check that out. See if it's still like, uh, I think it's just not finished. But that being said, there's enough to enjoy uh, the game as it stands. So what is this game? It is a roguelike. And full disclosure, as you say, I am, <laughs> I am not a fan of roguelikes. I want to run screaming away from them at every opportunity. That is so funny. I had literally no idea it was a roguelike at all. I... I... <laughs> I would have steered you away from it if I had known that's what it was. Well, I don't think either of us knew, and that's fine. And there's some real cool positives that I will uh, posit to you. Ooh. That was Word pretty cute. Wordplay. Um, so first off, you'll love this because you already like roguelikes. Um, this has a great art style. 
a very very cool almost comic booky uh cell shady and yeah but it is like done perfectly like it's almost like you know when there's a really good font and every single letter looks amazing <laughs> i <laughs> i don't think anybody has ever said that sentence to me in my life you know when there's a really good, good font, font yeah i <laughs> oh man i i'm gonna mark my mark this on my calendar right now are you font, a fan of Carlos mentioned font. Then let's talk <laughs> But I, it, ah. it, it's apt. It's apt, I tell you, because what what I mean by that is every single thing they've done in the style works. So like a cloak or, or a weapon or the dungeon or the ground to the dungeon, like all of it has a style and all of it works together. That's okay. It. I have seen pictures. It did look pretty neat. Now, if I if I recall correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. This is uh, is it a top down sort of a thing? And it's kind of 3D, isn't it? It's not pixel based. It's not pixel based. No, no, no. It's just like really cool, like cartoony, comic booky style art, and it's yeah that Diablo esque, whatever okay, you want to call the, it, uh, isometric yep. sort of a, isometric. Okay. And your character is pretty small on the screen, uh, so do you know that? And essentially, you start the game. You have this area that's a hub area. You can unlock unlockables there, which are basically just upgrades that you'll win throughout the different dungeons. And they're just one big ass door. And you just go in, big-ass door, and you can choose short mission, medium mission, long mission, or hard mission, which I guess is just, like, longer? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got that far. But essentially, each mission, or each little map, when you pick, let's say you pick short in the beginning, a beginner one, they'll give you kind of a layout of the dungeon, and it's got three different starting points. I don't know, maybe sometimes it's two or three or four, but it's different starting points. And along the map is like a line of the things you'll encounter in the dungeon. So like the first one, say, is gold. The next one is a sword or some sort of weapon. The next one's some totems. And then you can move to the right or and select the different track. And now this is... So are they telling you this ahead of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Before you even go in the door, this is kind of like you're deciding which one you're going to do, which map okay, you're doing. Okay, okay. And so then, so I, I picked the one where the weapon is going to be the first drop. And so then I can get gold later because I wanted to get a weapon right away. So then if you go open the door, you pick the, the map you want, you open the door, you go inside, you you play that area, which again, it's just one room, essentially. You, it's it's very much like, oh, like uh, Dungeon of the Endless. But, okay. pro- but bigger because that one was really, I saw the screen, the real estate was really small. This is like a pretty big room. And you go into that room, and enemies will spawn. you got to get through a bunch of waves of them. And if you do, whatever you picked for that kind of um, reward will pop up. So the first one I beat was the weapon, and it was a hammer. And it was this big-ass hammer, which I love in Melee games. And so I was really like glad I picked that path. Um, now, you have pretty much all the face buttons are attack buttons. One of the buttons is a torch. And the other button, other three buttons on your uh, controller are um, attack buttons for, based on different weapons you have. And it's very similar to Diablo. There's cooldowns. You have a parry, and you also have a dodge. And both of those use you know, stamina as well. So there's a stamina meter. There's cooldown on those. There's um, special abilities and different weapons that you can get. So that's a lot of stuff. I was a little overwhelmed by how many buttons there were and things I could keep track of. But I guess that's also said of Warhammer and Diablo, right? Like, you kind of just get used to it after a while. Sure, sure. Um, 
so what's really interesting, I think, is one of the key things that stands out for me, besides the art style, um, it is difficult. So that made me want to not continue very much. But <laughs> before we get to where I ran away screaming, um, it's dark. So all the dungeons are dark. Ooh, darkest oh, dungeon. Oh, no. So is it really hard to see? Well, here's the trick. Or the rub, as they say. You have a torch, and your torch attacks and does, like, basic attack. And it also can set things on fire, which is interesting. But it's you want to use your other weapons. Like, you have a, a ranged weapon as well, I forgot to say. And you start with, like, some sort of pistol. So you want to use your other weapons. But the minute you use your weapons, it gets dark. And so then you there's a couple light lighting things in the room. So you can kind of go towards, like, a little torch. Wait a minute. Wall. Are you saying that, like, you, you put your torch away when you use your other weapon, and therefore your light source goes away? Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, dude, that is... Oh, okay. Pause for a second, because that is like that is the thing that's going around indie circles these days. Is it? Uh, we just yes, I just played um, West of Dead. I think that there's a beta. We talked about it in the show a couple episodes ago, and that was another mechanic too. It was really dark. You had some weapons that had light, and then like when you fired, sometimes it got really dark. And they, ah oh, man, I don't I don't like darkness as a mechanic in any video game because fucking video game. I need to see the video part, and just yeah. being dark and squinting at my screen is dumb. And I and it just makes me turn the brightness up to eleven anyway. Like oh. I don't, I don't dig it. I really don't dig darkness I, in games. I guess I could have done that. <laughs> I didn't do the the brightness thing. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because I think it's funny you say that because I haven't experienced it in a game before. You have in multiple games. It sounds like, and oh, dislike, and I I've never had that experience. So for me, it was kind of novel and it was interesting because when you know when it's dark, it's not so dark I can't see anything, and when any sort of thing like a gunshot happens or the monsters themselves i can see their outline i don't feel like i'm like totally off guard it's not just darkness and then i'm getting hit so right but it's like an advantage it's like a, a pro and con you're like well i should hold on to my torch for a little while light up some things light something on the wall you know make some, something catch on fire and that'll light up the room and hurt them for a while and then i can use my main weapons for a while it didn't really bother me um and again, to me, it was kind of interesting. The biggest problem is, uh, this is tricky. I do not like melee games where, well, one, if a stamina cost is too high, then I don't. I feel like I'm like kind of handicapped. Right. And right. the dodge, which is a great dodge, it seems like it uses quite a chunk of stamina. I I got by with that, reserving it. But the bigger one was there's no healing in the beginning of the game. Later on, you get like totems that give you percentage of healing or something. But early game, that's just fucked. You're basically like, well, I'm going to die. You know, because like you're going to get hit so many times no matter what. And you can dodge and parry all you want. So that's the really the reason I stopped playing it because I really was into the art style. I like the, the tactile feel of it. Like when a melee game or um, just any sort of like dungeon game gets it right i feel like you want to keep hitting things and it does a little a mini slow motion when you kill an enemy which for me goes a long way i just need a little mini slow-mo in my life and i love it so it feels really good to play even with the darkness thing the reason i stopped playing and just said like i'm out like i don't know if i'm a, if i can come back and maybe the developers can help me out here and, and tweet me and tell me what i should do to my knowledge, the healing doesn't happen till later. So it's like, get good, which I always hate that shit. And then later on, you'll get stuff that will help you make it easier. But then why the fuck do I want to keep going? 
Well, a couple of questions then. A couple of questions. Um, so this sounds interesting. I mean, you know me. I play all the roguelikes. Um, so I'm always I, I like that genre a lot, and I like to see what people do with it. Um, so I guess my first question is, I mean, you mentioned that they show you ahead of time what you get and that you prioritize getting the weapon first. Is it possible that, like, it's just randomly generated and maybe, you know, maybe if you tried a couple more times, you could get a role where a healing totem came up first and you could, yeah. like, prioritize that instead I of mean, a weapon? So maybe that would change it for you? That'd be cool. I've played it uh, many times now. I played it back when I was first going to review it, and then I played it again today just kind of get a refresher. And every time... The starter dungeon, again, not even like second or third, the starter dungeon always had either gold or a weapon as the first like two or three rooms. And okay. again, so you weren't you wouldn't immediately get like a healing thing. No, I don't think you're going to ever unless again, uh, maybe the fourth or fifth time I did it today, I would have got the healing one. But uh, it seemed like they were further down the path. It was just like, hey, get really good at this you know, the mechanics of running and, and shooting and, and not dying. And, and it's fine. I might give it another shot because, again, it did feel so fun. And I have a feeling that you'll like it um, quite a bit. But maybe you won't because of that darkness thing, though. I really dislike darkness in games. I really dislike Ooh. it. One more question for you, man. Um, yeah. So one thing. Okay, so uh, uh, two questions. I lied. First of all, what kind of progression or permanence is there? Like, if do you unlock something? Do things get unlocked? Do you... You know, you do like five runs and you unlock something and then you're stronger for the next time. And also, um, as you're playing, like, did you notice, like, are the pickups interesting? Like, because, uh, you know, pickups can really make or break a roguelike. If you get cool weapons and they make you stronger and they're interesting to use, they can really keep you energized for, like, many more repetitious runs than you would if you were just kind of doing the same thing over and over. So, like, the variety and quality of pickups is really key in a lot of roguelikes. So, what were the pickups like? Was it interesting? Did it keep you going on that note? And also, what kind of progression, if any, is there? Yeah, I would say the... I didn't live long enough to know if the pickups are good enough. So, let's just put that out there, right? I um, ate shit a lot. But the, the, <laughs> hammer, the hammer that I got felt cool as shit you know what i mean like i felt real happy with we'll, we'll we'll talk about this later when we talk about fallout but i'm a big fan of hammers in video games uh and this one was great it felt great it was a little slower but it did more damage i have a feeling that the pickups gonna be pretty fun the problem is I, I couldn't get to all of them to your second part um i think because it is not finished the like uh what you call it the progression but the yeah progression yeah yeah, that progression I don't think is done. There is some very limited thing. I'd open up like three uh, slots. You you get these skulls, and then you use the skulls as currency to open up essentially you know upgrades. And like one of the upgrades is if you kill an enemy within a second uh, of seeing him, then you get like fury bonus or something. They're 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 nominal. They're like additional things to make you more badass. And, are they permanent or do they go yeah, away? If they're permanent. Die? No, they're permanent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that I like because that's my big thing with roguelikes. If it just start over again, then I'll see you later. But right. um, so there's that, and there's another tab that I don't think there's a couple other tabs that I think they're still working on, um, and that's why I know that it isn't finished because now I'm just recalling that those tabs are just done. like blank spots in the menu. Or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> game go here. Uh, no, no, okay, no. It's gotcha. the second one is is also something that's active. But you had to get further in the game to unlock that. So, yes, there's definitely some of that progression. Um, again, I think you're going to like it. Even with the darkness, I think you still will dig it. And I kind of dig it. It's just I, right now I'm going to have to go back and, and see if I can get a little further to get some healing. Because without healing, I just, I'm not going to torture myself. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear. It's funny. It's really funny you mention 
all of that because that's going to be coming up for me in two segments. We're going to be touching on many of those same issues in a moment. So okay, we will circle back. Any further thoughts or should we move on? Let's move on. Uh, that's a game. I think you should check it out if you like roguelikes. And just you, you got to make sure you deal with the darkness okay, and then you're fine. All right. That was Curse of the Dead Gods. I'm assuming on PC, correct? I played that on Steam. Yeah. I think okay, it's out on other systems, but we don't do homework. I will. I'm pretty sure it will be coming to all consoles, but PC was definitely where it was first, so it's probably probably not out on console yet. Okay. All right, moving on really quickly. I have a couple of real quick takes. Um, first, I want to talk about Drake Hollow on Xbox One. It's currently in beta, and full disclosure, uh, I was given a code to talk about it for the purposes of the show. Heads wait, wait, up wait. on that. Hold on. Is that the hip hop Drake that he like goes to sleep at Hollow? I mean, it would be kind of cool if it was but it's no not okay. nothing to do with that person just check at all just yeah it's good to check okay. but no uh so this is coming from the people who made an indie game a while ago called i think it's called the flame and the flood the oh yeah the you flood. hated it i hated that game yeah uh, i loved the way it looked i loved <laughs> the idea it was a roguelike where you like are rafting down a river and you have to stop on these little islands and collect resources the graphics were so cute i love the graphics the idea was gold i love the idea of like rafting down a river and collecting stuff but like actually playing it was like super broken and unbalanced and i really did not like it at all i remember um, it so much that it's like you must have like really not liked it because i was like it's burned into my brain he didn't like it. if you if you remembered i didn't like it i really didn't like it <laughs> um so this is coming from the same people same developers and i'm you know i'm open everybody can make a different game i have no grudge against those people i'm sure they're all wonderful people uh this is a totally different sort of a thing it's called, again, Drake Hollow. It's currently on beta and Xbox. I think it's probably also on PC, I would imagine. Uh, this is like a, it's, it's a very strange thing. The, uh, up front, they told me it was multiplayer focused, but you can play it single player. So I'm like, okay, well, I have zero interest in multiplayer cooperative games like that, but I will check it out on, uh, on the solo. And you can play it solo. Basically, you, it's a third person kind of behind the back perspective. You play a kid you can randomly generate the kid or you can you know design what they want to look like and you get to this island and on this island it's surrounded by this like miasma like this poisonous fog so you cannot cross the fog it's it saps your life if you try to walk through it so you're kind of trapped on the island there are ways to get around it but we'll talk about that later basically when you get to the island there are little plant creatures that are living in the ground and you pluck them up and they're they're drakes they're called the drakes and they are little creatures that I guess give you magic. They give you little buffs if you make friends with them. They also get really bored. And so you have to um, focus a lot on creating a home for the drakes and keeping them entertained uh, because I guess it's bad when they get bored. I mean, what? I mean, to be perfectly honest, like the gameplay premise of these creatures get bored. So please entertain them is already boring to me. So I was like, okay, <laughs> this is not, a, not a great premise for me, but okay, I'm going to stick with it. Um, essentially this is like crafting the game. Um, you just get to the Island. They give you a couple recipes right off the bat that you can make like a crafting table. You can make, you can make a toy for the Drakes. You can make a bed for the Drakes. Uh, like Wait, one other this, thing is you this can make Drake animal crossing. <laughs> I mean, sort of but not really it's just like it just seems like a lot of crafting so you like run around the island collect some stuff 
craft your recipes, make the little beds for the dudes, and um, the beds like disappear after one day. So I'm like, oh great, I'm gonna have to like remake this bed. Like that's already wait that wait wait wait, wait wait wait. We had to stop on that. I'm sorry. What bed goes away in one day? I mean, right, right. Like you make this bed, and it's made out of like sticks or leaves or something. They call it like the thatch bed or something like that. So I guess it's just like a pile of. Oh, okay. It's not an actual stuff. bed. It's just like you it's put not some like leaves a blanket. down. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But it's like you know, oh, it goes away after a day, and I'm like, okay. So they're telling you up front, you're gonna have to make this thing like ten billion times. Like that, I don't know that I really want to do that. But I collected a bunch of stuff. You make some stuff, and then they're like, okay, there's other islands around you, and then you can figure out ways to cross them. You can make these little uh, talismans, which keep you safe from the miasma, or you can set up these little zip lines and zip over the miasma. But regardless, you go to another island. Collect more stuff, uh, look for more crafting recipes, and then you find these little monsters that are there that you kind of do some real basic melee on. And then you just basically want to like keep coming back to your main island and building more stuff. Um, and again, just to reinforce, like this is supposed to be a multiplayer focus game. So I guess ideally, like one person maybe would be going out to scavenge for crafting materials. Maybe one person stays at home to keep making more beds for the Drakes. Maybe one person is on guard duty in case any monsters show up. Hold on, I hold mean, on. It seems that like person you're... making the beds got the shit, the shit job. <laughs> I mean, I mean, kind of do because it is. Pretty, you just collect a bunch of bushes and push a button and make a bed. Yeah. It's not really the most exciting thing. Um, but I guess that's, I guess that's kind of the the point of it. And um, if you look at the map, there are a series of islands. So I guess you just kind of go further and further away from home base and collect more and more stuff and come back and craft more and more stuff. Um, I mean, it looks cute visually, but crafting is not generally my thing and multiplayer is not generally my thing. So I think that maybe I am not the person this game is designed for. Like I could maybe see my son who is like 10 and a couple of his friends maybe getting together on a weekend and like them having some Doritos and Mountain Dew or something and like crafting for like a couple hours. Um, maybe that would be cool if, if you fit that demographic. Uh, I do not think I fit this demographic. So it seemed fine, but I just don't really want to craft a bunch of stuff for some animals that get bored. Yeah. And I think I would recommend it to younger players or players who definitely like to be online with friends. That's, and that's, and that's totally fine and fair. That's not a criticism. I just think I am not the right person to play this game right but or like the like the minecraft audience it seems like and we're going to be touching on that a little bit later but minecraft audience animal crossing i'm looking at some artwork of it it reminds you of concrete genie that style yeah yeah Um, that's true that's a good call yeah and so a third person yeah i think this is a multiplayer game for a younger generation to yeah like a it's almost like a modern take on an animal crossing where you but you do some more melee because it does show like some pretty cool monsters so I feel like yeah, you, there's definitely some fighting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you go out and do some fighting, come back, and now you have like resources to build up your thing. I can see an audience for this. It's definitely not you or I. I, I know that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. And that's totally fine. Like I want to be really clear, folks. Like I am not criticizing this game for what it is. I am simply saying I was interested in the way it looked and I wanted to check it out. And after checking it out, I think that I am not the audience. But that's not a criticism of the game. I just think that it's just not for me, and that's totally fine. So I will I will shake this game's hand and wish it good luck, and I think we will probably just go our separate ways. I want to see a video of that. <laughs> Post it on YouTube after the show. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's um, right. I could. You could literally do that. Um, so that's Drake Hollow, currently on Xbox One in beta. Um, I have one other quick uh, shout-out before we move on. 
Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 just put out, I think, their first ever story-based add-on DLC campaign called Aftermath. Uh, are you a Mortal Kombat fan at all, Carlos? I feel like you should know this answer. I feel like you're not. Yeah, well, I, the way I just delivered that, I think, was pretty <laughs> kind of like <laughs> in my, in the tone of my voice. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like on this podcast, I've said something like Mortal Kombat like you don't like can the violence, eat right? shit or something. Okay, so so maybe just like a so-so fan. Yeah, like I like it a little bit. No, a little bit. <laughs> My biggest problem, which I've definitely mentioned on this show, which now everyone's like shouting at their podcast device. The fatalities. Huh? The fatalities and gore? Yeah, that stuff just like, remember, I can't, I just like get mad at it and I just can't get see past it. And you're like, but no, it's a really good fighting game. It's got all these collectibles. And I'm like, I know it probably does. Uh, There's something wrong with me, but I just can't get past it. Again, let's hear about this DLC though. I mean, that's a fair point. And now that you, now that you brought it up, I'm like, oh yes, we totally had that conversation. And I fully remember it now that you have reminded me of it but uh i mean i'm in the same boat just real quick disclaimer um i actually don't like the gore in mortal Kombat. i think it's a really solid fighting game that is really well put together it's really gorgeous there's a lot of content i think it's just a real like high gloss triple a product it's really awesome and it just doesn't need the gore i've never liked the gore uh so i'm not a fan of that i don't come to mortal Kombat for the gore even though i know that's like a large part of its identity and that sounds crazy I mean, that yeah. kind of sounds like I like a Big Mac, but I don't like the beef patties or something, you know, like it sounds nuts, but <laughs> it is I, I love like that. It is kind of like that. And I just I just think it's a really fucking good game that it doesn't really need the gore to sell it. But anyway, with that said, um, I do really love the story mode in Mortal Kombat ever since Mortal Kombat 9, 10 and 11. The story modes have been fucking spectacular in all those games, like super worth it just to play the single player story mode because it's like watching a movie that's actually a pretty good movie and you just play a couple fighting uh, matches once in a while, but it's like really entertaining and good. Uh, that's exactly what Aftermath is. They continue the story of Mortal Kombat 11 after the ending. They give you kind of a, a postscript about what happens after you beat the game the first time. All sorts of stuff pops up. Three new characters pop up. It's Sindel. Uh, who else is it? Fujin, the God of Wind. Uh, Shiva, the female uh, Shokan four-armed um, fighter. Also, RoboCop shows up, which is pretty fucking bananas. Uh, he looks real good. He's got all his tri- signature moves. Uh, voice sounds pretty good. Uh, so it's nice uh, to see RoboCop. And, of course, this is the version that has the Terminator in it also. So you can do everyone's most desired Terminator versus RoboCop matchup. That is possible. Can I can I do um, a tangent there real quick? Yeah. I don't yeah. think we've ever brought this up. But another reason why I don't like fighting games lots of times in general, not even just Mortal Kombat, is when they break the whole, like you know, lore and world that they've built up, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. And also Sandy Claus is here and you're, <laughs> you're fighting, you know, Batman versus the Joker. And I just, yeah, I, that always bothers me. I don't know. People like love it. And they go, oh, do you know you can play a Spider-Man now? And I'm like, yeah. In the world where there's no Spider-Man, I guess. Am <laughs> I, am I the only one listening? To, everybody listening to the podcast, let me know if I'm the only one, which I might be, but I, for some I mean, reason, it- it depends. It depends. Like, I totally feel you, right? Like, when Spawn showed up in, like, Soul Calibur, I'm like, oh, this is trash. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. Or, like, it was like like Yoda showed up in Soul Calibur one oh. time, didn't he? I'm pretty sure that they did. And I'm like, I'm not down with that. Uh, but in Mortal Kombat, the, the extra bonus characters never show up in the story. So if you just play the story mode, it's totally within the lore, within the world. They keep the story really cohesive. 
Um, the story team at, at uh, Nether Realms does a wonderful job of like crafting the script and having the dialogue is pretty good and keeping the action, the fights and stuff. They do a great, I mean, just like nobody does fighting game story modes better than Mortal Kombat does. It's it's the best you can get right now. Right. So I think they do a great job. I loved the story in Aftermath. I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but it's a really fun ride. Had a great time. Uh, I uh, They give you the new characters, which I think Fujin is awesome. I like him a lot. Uh, Robocop is okay. It's cool to see him, but I don't like to play him as very much. And Shiva is is kind of in the middle for me. Um, and Sindel, oh, dude, I just, I feel like kind of embarrassed to say this, but she has such intense hot mom energy. It like brought me to my knees. <laughs> it was really, it was really painful. I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally melting oh with the hot momness of, of Sindel in this game. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And I bet a legion of teenage boys across the world are just going to be forever imprinted upon Sindel. Oh, in this version. man. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore. Uh, so good stuff. Thumbs up on that. Uh, and I like it. It's great. I love Mortal Kombat uh, in its current iteration. I love Mortal Kombat 11. It's a really, really great game. Well put together. Very fun to play. Tons of content with a K. And uh, mm. it's a good package. I, uh, I blasted through the story mode in, I think, two days. Just got through it, and I just had a real fun time. And I came back and messed around with some of the other characters. I just, it's just a great game. I just really like it a lot. Good things uh, all around. So thumbs up to Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. And I really hope they do more story DLC. Maybe not for MK11, but I think just being able to get some more story. Maybe they could maybe focus on one or two specific characters next time or something. That'd be great. I, I, I love that. I think it's a good idea. I would like to see more of it. Two bits real quick. One, how much was it? And you say it takes like about a couple of days to get through. And how much? Um, I want to say, so there's a couple different packages. I believe if you already own MK11 and you just want the story mode plus the new characters, I think that comes as a package. I want to say it's 25 or $30 for that as an add-on. It's pretty substantial. Mm. Um, and it took me, I mean, it took me like, you know, two days to get through it. I mean, altogether, probably four or six hours, maybe, maybe closer to four, depending on how... Uh, you know how good of a comp uh, a fighting game player you are i mean I, I had to redo a couple fights a couple times and i didn't just blow through it so uh, a little bit longer for me maybe shorter for other people maybe longer for others uh, but if you don't own anything and you're just coming to mortal kombat cold you can get the base game mortal kombat and i'm pretty sure it comes with like literally everything i think it comes with all the dlc all the other characters and plus the new aftermath and the new characters. I think that just comes at a, I want to say it's 60 bucks, just like a regular full price game for the all in one package, which is a pretty good deal. If you do not have uh, MK 11 yet. Okay. And the other thing I was going to mention is when you mentioned, you know, good story and uh, you know, the mortal Kombat universe, I was reminded of Shaolin monks. Yes, back in the day. Back in the day. And so I wouldn't mind playing some more games like that style. That was like you could attack. It was almost like it was third person, right? And you could like attack enemies all over the place and not just one-on-one. For people that don't know what Carlos is referring to, yeah, it was a third person action game. Not a fighting game, but it did take place in the Mortal Kombat universe. You played as, what, Kung Lao and, uh, what, Luke Kang, maybe, I think? I don't yeah, remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. You could pick either one of those characters. You went through, like, like adventure levels and used, like, adaptations of Mortal Kombat moves. And there was also, even prior to that, there was a 2D kind of action platform game. I think it was, like, Sub-Zero had a game all to himself. Oh, where that's you could right. Platforming back on PS1, I think. Oh, man, I remember being janky as fuck. But interesting that they tried to spin those characters off into different genres. I don't think it really went anywhere, but... 
Very interesting. And, and maybe the time is right for that again. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just saying the Shaolin Monk uh, type of gameplay, I think, is is would still work right now, especially with like Agreed. The, Agreed. the renewed sense in uh, MK and people's like, you know, interest around it. So it's just a, oh, know, yeah. food for thought. Well, it's funny you say that because in the story scenes, I mean, this is like we're talking like stuff that's on the scale of like Lord of the Rings or something where like there's these giant fucking battles, like hundreds of people on screen, all sorts of chaos happening. Like it's really crazy. So they already show you that a lot of these characters are, would be really good at like doing like crowd control moves or like fighting a group of people at once or, you know, cutting through an army or something. So you could easily map that to like a third person game. It would, I mean, just like you said, it would totally work. Like you would just have to, you know, just change it up and, and focus on that. But the characters, the powers, the world, it's basically ready to go. You would just have to get a good third-person engine. You heard it here first. So Video Games Podcast has created a new Mortal Kombat game. You'll look for it soon, and we hopefully will get a kickback. Hopefully so. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers, NetherRealm, if you're listening, our pockets are wide open. Feel free to drop a couple dollars <laughs> yeah, in there. Like a, yeah, they're like empty. You can like fit anything in there. Like, I don't know. I mean, times are hard change. right now. I mean, all over, dude. Like coronavirus yeah. and shit. I could use a couple extra bucks, so... All right, moving on, moving on. Um, turn it, I'm going to let you kick off this next section. We both played this game, but I will let you take the lead. Minecraft Dungeons just came out on, I believe, every system. I played it uh, for free on Game Pass. I assume you played it on PS4? I did play it on PS4, and I'm still playing it on PS4. Spoiler. All right. It's also on PC. It's also on Switch. So you can basically get your Minecraft Dungeons on anywhere. Carlos, what is Minecraft Dungeons? Uh, you know, it's a dungeon game with Minecraft. Okay, cool. Cool. Next uh, game, then. I guess I Moving have on. Fallout yep. 76 coming up. Uh, no, Minecraft Dungeons is pretty much Diablo meets Minecraft. And so it's kind of a easy-peasy dungeon game. You're going through different dungeons. It's a hack-and-slash game. It's not Minecraft. There's no crafting. I mean, there's barely mines. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crafting and there's barely mines. No, he, that's pretty good, dude. That's pretty good. Here's what's interesting. So the game is that same three quarters view, uh, essentially isometric top down view of a little Minecraft person. You can choose one of I don't know fifteen different bodies. Uh, no real customization besides that. Although they had one that looked like me, and <laughs> it did. I was like surprised. I was like, wow, that's actually what I would usually pick. So you start off the game and it's just this kind of relaxing, relaxing, simple, especially in the beginning, Diablo light, where you are knocking down creepers, you got a little sword, uh, you have bow and arrow early on, so you have the kind of ranged weapon. It feels very good. Everything, when I first started this, felt totally intuitive. Felt like they spent their time working on the interface the sound effects. It's like that thing I've said before in other games we reviewed where it's, it reminds me of a mobile game where there's this great satisfaction when you hear a certain sound in a game. And when you do a certain action, when you kill a certain thing and it blows up just the right way and it drops you the loot, there's something to that. There's like an art to that. Um, and it has a lot to do with UI design. But Every it, sound designer across the world is nodding their head in agreement with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big fucking deal and it really makes this whole experience to me still uh still playing it very relaxing um it's again simple like you pick up an item that you want to eat and that will give you health back right away there's no like storing of things you have 
a health potion you can use, but essentially most of the healing in this game takes place after you kill an enemy. He'll drop stuff. Uh, there's also like loot drops in general, so you'll get rare items and you know legendary weapons, uh, that kind of stuff. And then every single area or map that you pick to go on a quest is randomized, and uh, but has like key features that I think are in all of them. Does that sound right? Yeah, like there's a base model, and then each one has little modifiers that maybe are randomly generated, right? Right. And again, back to the UI, they do a great job of showing this little arrow that says, hey, go over this way. This is the way towards the end of this level. <laughs> or, And if you get lost, like because there's a lot of different kind of paths, you always see this little indicator that says, just go this way. So because you can get lost and just kind of, you know, be killing too many enemies, and not, there's no real reason you should try to get to the end of the level so the whole goal is you do these different maps and you're trying to get to the end of the map and lots of times there's a boss near the end of it and then you get out the door and you've beat the map and it seems like to me the overworld has only about eight or nine of these maps and then the idea i believe because it's not finished uh is that you can play all those maps again on di on a higher difficulty to you know farm for loot etc and then there's a special little island that says coming soon more games basically more like maps and stuff like that so i don't know if i did a good job of des describing it but again it's diablo with minecraft very chill it gets difficult a little bit but in general i'm having a like a darn good time with it yeah, that sounds about right, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I walked away with. I mean, I was very happy to see this uh, pop up on Game Pass because I don't think I would have bought it. Um, but I, you know, with Game Pass, you only subscribe and then you get uh, whatever's on there for free. So I was happy to download it, give it a shot. Um, it kind of matches up with what I thought about Drake Hollow, although I think I'm more in the Minecraft bucket than I am in the Drake Hollow bucket. Um, I I do like Diablo like games, but they have to really click with me. Uh, I mean, the, the last one uh, that I really loved was Inquisitor. We talked about that endlessly on the show. That was a really wonderful one. This one is, is good. Like, it's nice and solid. I think it's straightforward. I, I admire how straightforward it is. Um, but it didn't, like, super click with me. I think I did three levels, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I think this is cool, but I'm good. Like, I don't want to play any more of it. Uh, and I, I kind of moved on from it. I don't know if I'll be back unless, like my son wants to play it with me or something um like if he wanted to get into it and wanted a buddy like that would get me back into it um but i i'm like okay this is fine uh, but i think again again like drake hollow maybe it's shooting for a younger demographic and probably a demographic that likes to get together with friends i would imagine this game is a lot more fun with friends i played it solo and i thought it was just fine um but it just didn't light me on fire enough to make me want to come back and put more time into it so i think it's good but again maybe i'm just not the right person for this game yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think um, even when I was playing it, I was like, okay, I know this isn't for me. Like, I booted it up <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I know. This is for the uh, younger audience. I get it. But the world is fucking crazy. Have You know, you, you've obviously been watching. And so anything that can just kind of take your mind off it and also right. that isn't like we review a lot of games in the show and a lot of them are pretty heavy duty. Like, we get into the weeds with story, right? Like, we play, oh, absolutely. like, yeah. psychological thrillers and intense shooters. And, and I'm like, well, now, isn't this little game nice? <laughs> you know, like, hi there, Minecraft Dungeons. How are you doing? And I know that sounds patronizing, and I'm talking down to Minecraft Dungeons, but I'm not. 
because it did all the things that it needs to do. I got my little upgrades. I got my dog armor. Early on, I got dog armor, so I look like a dog, you know, <laughs> and that's always a plus. And then, oh, then you get familiar, so I got a dog. I, like, had a little dog chasing me around, and he was helping and killing zombies for me, and I had dog armor on, and I had a rare bow, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I like I like how this feels. And I mean, so, I, I, I agree with you, actually. Like, I think that you are correct in saying that it's a really good, like, it's it is kind of chill. I mean, I did get killed once or twice because I just got really careless. Like I went into it thinking it was going to be a cakewalk, and there was a few sections when I got overwhelmed pretty quickly, and I kind of got surprised. So yeah, it's not it can like, ramp up. It can ramp up. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not totally brainless. I mean, you got to like pay a little attention, and you know, don't fall asleep at the wheel like I did. Um, but it is it is relatively chill. It's it's very um, you know benevolent looking. Like there's nothing scary about it. There's nothing you know harsh. And so if you want something that kind of just to take your mind off it and maybe, you know, focus on it, but not require too much focus. But then again, it's interesting enough to keep you going. It's not totally brainless. Like it does hit a pretty good middle ground. So if you want like a Zen kind of a, I need to think about something besides the real world game. I think this is a pretty good fit for that. Yeah. And, um, I don't want to say two more things about it. One, I, cause I love melee games and I love, uh, finding glitches. I really wasn't trying to, but I found a melee glitch immediately where if you roll and also are shooting the arrow, you can slide forward while shooting the arrow, um, shooting your bow, whatever, you know, like you're shooting your bow and arrows. And uh, yeah, if you roll and like hit trigger at the same time, you can actually be shooting while moving forward, uh, like in a sliding motion. It's pretty badass. And it's Gaming the system already. Gaming the system. <laughs> yeah. Pro, pro tip, Carl says, hit, do a roll, do a dodge roll, and then... Um, Shoot your bone arrow, and you'll be able to slide. Secondly, the only thing that I'll say negatively, um, you know, it's a Minecraft game. Yeah, maybe just let me break a few fucking bricks. I, I, <laughs> I like, it's the first thing I thought of when I got to Minecraft game. You load the game in, you, they give you a sword. I go, okay, let me cut this bush down. <laughs> you know, let me fucking hit a tree. Nothing nothing's breakable in this game. It's fucking funny you say that because I had literally the exact same thought because I'm like, okay, it's Minecraft. I went to go, uh, like, hit a building or something and I expected it to bust into blocks and, like, literally nothing you can break. And I'm like, what? That's... <laughs> it looks like... Like, it, they took the visuals of Minecraft, but they absolutely did not take the Minecraft... You know, the crafting or the mining or the breaking of blocks or anything like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get they want to keep it straightforward and streamlined, which I... Of course, but, like... It's really weird that they decided to leave that aspect of it behind. And I was going to say, you know, essentially what it comes down to is it's like a skin, right? It's the Minecraft skin exactly, on, on yeah. a game that is pretty much any indie Diablo game ever, right? We've, we've probably reviewed 8,000 of these Torchlight-type games. It, it, by the way, it's Torchlight. <laughs> that was a much easier description of this game. This is Torchlight with Minecraft skin. Now, yeah, yeah, what's interesting, fair. though, is you can beat some bigger bosses or, like, um, bad guys, and they do break apart into littler guys. And I was like, well, there it is right there, though. Because <laughs> that's the technology that I wanted to see in some, you know, things, materials. So I, they do have the ability. They just didn't really want to, I don't know, I guess complicate the game engine or maybe it got too cost-heavy or something when they're working on it. I don't know. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, this kind of also makes me think of um, Dragon Quest Builders a little bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like it, but like in Dragon Quest Builders, how you could 
demolish huge portions of the world and you would craft things and you could get resources and you know there was definitely combat and all that but you were also kind of like mining for things and building things i'm just it's really weird that they decided to not do like any of that i mean maybe it's coming maybe that's what's going to be in the island or maybe they're going to expand the game later but just from the get-go one of the biggest aspects of minecraft just was kind of mia which i think is really strange yeah but oh, by the way that you do have your own house though and you can go to your house did you see I that had, i didn't get that far i had a, a campground did you eventually get no a house? no it's it's in there it's you didn't notice it but there's like a little door that you could go in and it's your house oh i was just by the campfire i didn't realize there was a house that you could go in it's right by the campground you just have to go around the corner and i was like oh, what's this door and then i was like this is your house Oh, what's in your house? Uh, I think cows or pigs. One of them. <laughs> oh, pigs just are, like in real life. Of just course. like in real life Minecraft, you know. And there's like two levels. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Of course, you can't do anything in there and you can't build. And like you said, maybe it's coming. For now, it's a, you know, it's a Diablo Lite. It's, it's fine. Like it's a fine game and I'm still playing it. So that's cool. cool. That's I, I am not playing it and I don't think I will come back to it unless my son wants me to, but I do think that it is good at what it does. Like you said, it's a, it's a fine game. I have no real complaints about it. I just don't think it's my kind of game or it's not right for me at this time. And, uh, again, going to part ways on friendly terms here. It's not, uh, it's not yours. It's mine. <laughs> uh, uh, good one. I'll see myself. No, that was out. good. That was good. No, no, no. I'm, mean... I'm leaving. I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. A couple more games here, folks. We also have listener Q and A. I don't know if I if I mentioned that at the top of the show, but we do have a uh, listener Q and A coming up. Before that, though, I have a couple of uh, quick games to discuss. First off, Neo Cab. Uh, full disclosure: given a code by, I believe, the publisher for the purposes of speaking about this game, which I'm doing right now. Uh, this is another visual novel. I don't know if it came out this year or last year, uh, but it's not super old. It's about uh, you play the role of a woman in the future where there's some kind of like a weird Amazon slash Google slash, you know, Microsoft kind of tech company taking over everything and they're automating all the jobs. And so people are like losing their jobs. She is one of the last remaining human uh, like Uber drivers, all the other Uber cars are automated. And so most of the cars that people ride are just self-driving cars. And she's one of the last holdouts. Uh, she moves to a brand new city to move in with her girlfriend. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. With her girlfriend who it's weird because I thought this was going to be like a lesbian love story at the beginning. And it actually, I guess it's not, or maybe it is. And I haven't got there yet. I guess maybe they're just friends. But to me, it really had kind of a queer love vibe to it, which is totally fine. And I'm down with that. Um, but TBD on that part of it. Um, it's not a dating sim, that's for sure. Uh, but it is a visual novel. And so what happens is uh, you get to the city. Events happen. I'm not going to spoil it. But basically, um, apart from the main story, what you end up doing is you pretend like you're an Uber driver every night. And so you go out and you look at how much fuel you have in your car. You have an electric car. And if you're low, you can drive to an electric refilling station and you can buy some gas. You have a certain amount of money. You've got to like manage your money. Don't spend too much money on uh, places to sleep or how much uh, electricity you're buying for your car. So you got to manage that. And then you like look at your map and there's people who need a ride just like uh, in Uber. And so you pick whichever person you want to pick up. They'll give you like a little picture of the rider and a star rating. And they'll have a little quote about themselves. And then you just see which person you want to drive to and pick up. You pick that person up. And then you don't actually do any driving. Like you just select the location and then... The rest of the game is kind of you 
looking like you the player looking at your person who's driving and also looking at the person in the back seat so imagine if you the player were perched on the the hood of your car and you're looking into the passenger compartment Mm. Um, so you're seeing the driver and the passenger at the same time as they have this conversation when she is ubering them around and a lot of it depends on the emotional state of your driver i haven't quite gotten a grasp on this yet but sometimes depending on what you say or what the passenger says it'll put you into like an angry state or a sad state or an excited state. And that sometimes will prevent you from saying certain things. Like um, if you're trying to make small talk, but you're really mad about something, it won't let you choose like the really like neutral responses. It'll force you to say like an angry response because she just is like feeling really emotional at that time. Or if you're feeling really sad, then it's, you can't pick a happy response. I don't exactly know how that works because sometimes when I'm playing the game, the character is feeling things that I am not feeling as a player. And so it's a little bit of a disconnect Mm. when I want to, pick something that I think is appropriate, but the game is telling me is not appropriate. Um, But otherwise I think it's actually really fucking interesting. Um, The graphics are great. It's very uh, cartoony slash realistic style. Like everybody's looks like real humans and they have like normal flesh tones. They don't look like CG. They don't look like plasticky. It's kind of like looking at a very nice like cartoon, but a very sophisticated cartoon look to it. Um, everything is really smooth and it's kind of fun just watching the car drive around kind of relaxing listening to a conversation as the world is kind of whizzing by outside your window and you just kind of just talk about whatever's happening and it's a really really interesting thing at the same time that you're ubering people and talking to them about their shit there is a main storyline that you are trying to figure out i don't want to go too much into that but it has to do with this friend who is your, your a girl or your girlfriend possibly or maybe just a friend um, there's a, there's a, there's a storyline to do with that. That's kind of separate from doing the Uber stuff, um, which kind of keeps things going. But overall, basically you're just being a futuristic Uber driver talking to people who get in your cab. And that's just like what the game is. And honestly, I think it's pretty cool. I'm kind of digging it. I've been playing before bed. It's pretty chill. You can do two or three rides a night and just kind of like have those convos and see who these people are and what they're about. And it's just pretty laid back. And I, I like it. I'm really, I, there's been a lot of really good visual novels this year or at least that I've played in like the last six months. And this is like the third or fourth, like really good one um, that I I'm really into so far. So so haven't finished it, uh, but like it a lot. And so far I would definitely recommend it. And what's it on again? You're playing it on when I'm playing it on the switch, but I believe it's also on every platform. I'm pretty sure it's, I, it might even be on iOS too. I got to get into more visual novels. You're the one on the podcast who plays them more than I do. Uh, It's not like I don't want to. I just, I feel like I haven't had one that's like hooked me. Um, I'm not sure if emotional Uber driver is going to be the one that does it, but that wasn't a knock. Um, I have a question about the emotional part. What gets you, what gets you emotional? Like how, how does that even come about? Like, why are you angry or sad? Um, so like, so, so one of the big issues in this game is that the, everybody is like kind of upset about this big tech company taking over. Right. So like a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of like the, your driver, um, I think. I may be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that like uh, she lost a job because of like this tech company taking over. So she's forced to become an Uber driver to survive. And so she's mad about that. So like if somebody who's like really pro tech gets in her cab, she's like, oh, "Oh, fuck you, tech bro. Like you, you don't see the human cost in what you're supporting. Like you're not thinking about the people, you know? So like when somebody like that gets in your car and you're like, you feel aggro against them. Or there was this one guy, this one guy who got in your car and he immediately like pukes in the back of your car and like your character's like, oh my God, what's that smell? What's happening? 
And that guy's like, oh, I didn't puke. It was back here. And she's like, fuck you. I, there was nobody puke. There was no puke in my car until you got in the car and I saw your head go down. You fucking puked. He's like, no, I didn't. And so you like get into a fight with him. I mean, that part, I was fucking angry as hell, oh, dude. Because he was I'm being mad a complete hearing douche. it now. Yeah, fuck I was like, that guy. oh, you motherfucker, you puked in my car. And you're like, you're denying it. You know, like he got. And the worst part about it, though, the worst part was like, you're fighting with his asshole. He's being a total fucking dick to you. Oh, I was like so angry. Um, and after he gets out of the car, he's like, fuck you. This is the worst ride I've ever got. Like, he fucking one stars your rating and it totally tanks your rating. And then my company sent me a warning and they're like, oh, if you dip below four stars, we're going to fire you. And I'm like, what? I That asshole puked in my car and he gave me a one star rating because he blamed it on me. Like, fuck that guy. And I'm like, I can't lose my job because of that fucking douche. So, oh that, I mean, that to me got me angry, like really angry in person because I know people just like that. Uh, but that's the kind of thing you do. I, I, I understand what she's going through now. Like, that's all I needed. You answered my question. Uh, uh, she just, how about this? The, the real answer is she responds to life. Like if, if someone's a douchebag and, and is uh, part of the reason why she lost her job or vomits in her car, she's mad. Got it. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's Neo Cab. I haven't finished it. I really dig it so far. It's really interesting. If you're looking for another uh, good visual novel that's not exactly the same kind of Japanese style that we get all the time. This is definitely more of a Western style, trying something new. I like it a lot so far. So thumbs up um, to Neo Cab. I have one more quick name drop of a game. Uh, getting back to stuff we talked about with, uh, our first game, which was Curse of the Dead Gods. Um, this is a roguelike, top-down, pixel-based, just came out for the Switch today, literally today. It's called Atomic Crops, but that's all one word, like Atomic Crops. Um, it is a very interesting thing that wants to take top-down shooting, like a twin-stick shooter almost, and marry that to farming. So you have crops that you need to tend and harvest and grow. Animals or mutants and stuff are trying to eat your crops. And then you are trying to defend your crops against, you know, so you want to harvest them yourself, right? So that's the basic concept. And I'm like, okay, I don't know that I've ever played a game that had farming and shooting in the same sort of thing. Um, that's an interesting and novel concept. So I will give this a shot. Um, I got to say, I really think it's not ready for prime time. Uh, it feels to me like an early access game that should have stayed in early release. It does not feel finished. Um, because a lot of stuff in the game is not explained very well. There are systems that don't make a lot of sense. Uh, there, The balance feels really off. Like things are really expensive and you don't get very much money. So it feels like you're really working hard to like buy a new gun or you know uh, just to buy something that you need to buy. Life is really hard to come by. So like you take any damage during a level, it's almost impossible to get life back. I mean, you have to like beat a boss and he'll drop like one heart or you can buy a oh. heart back at town. But it's really, really limited resources. Like you're not you're not refilling your life between levels. Right. So like if you take a lot of damage, you just continue on with like a lot of damage. And it's like it's like it's a good game. But like the, the systems just need polish. Like there needs to be a better tutorial. There needs to be a little bit of story mode. I don't even know if there's even a campaign. I don't know if you can even finish it. It may be just one of those games where you just play it for the experience of playing it. I don't know if there's an endpoint to it. Uh, I don't. I don't think the economy is very well done, and it's one of those games also where, P, like like PR told me, yeah, there's some stuff that's permanent and that you can carry it over. But I didn't see it. I didn't find it. And every time that I died in that game, I got sent back to absolute square one. Like keeping nothing at all just going uh, back to the, yeah it's rough dude like i am keep I, moaning. 
I mean, please just keep moaning. Don't stop. I mean, go ahead. Uh, I am Mr. Roguelike, right? But I, I like modern roguelikes and the, the roguelike of old where they just absolutely kick you back to zero when you die is just not something I'm really up for. I don't think a lot of people are up for it this day and age anyway, because it's like a lot of time wasted if you don't have even anything to show for it. That's kind of it's a tough sell these days, you know, because a lot of roguelikes are really getting that right. They're giving you permanence they're giving you persistence they're giving you upgrades they're giving you unlocks. Even a little bit can go a long way towards selling you on an experience. And with Atomic Crops, I like I like the way it looks. It's cute. I like the concept of farming things and protecting those crops. Um, I think it's like it's on the right track. I just feel like they sent it to the eShop maybe like a year too soon. I feel like it needs balance. It needs polish. It needs playtesting. It needs a better tutorial. It needs like a story mode. It needs it needs some things that you would expect from other games of this type. And the the, the real problem here is that the Switch is absolutely not starving for roguelikes. There are a lot of fucking amazing roguelikes on the Switch. There's a lot of really good top-down action games on the Switch. Uh, It's like the Switch is fucking forte, right? So if you're going to step to that genre, you better come correct. And these guys feel like they're only like halfway doing it. So I feel like in a year, like if they do two or three content updates, they do a couple patches, like this could be a pretty cool game. Like I want to come back to it like in a year and see where it is. But at the moment like right now this game is not ready for prime time and it just it's a very miserable experience i just i want to mm. like it more than i do and i just really really don't like it and i feel like every time i play it's a waste of my time it's interesting so, because yeah i feel like there's so many like you said roguelikes right now especially on the switch and it, lots of times when we talk about games in the show it really does come down to timing like um, oh yeah right like so games have like surpassed uh movies but it is similar to that where like where does the movie come out you know, back in the day, like that was like, is it come out in the middle of summer, the blockbusters or no, let's push it till November. So that's the only movie in the theaters or something. Um, that sounds like the case for this game. Like I'm looking at some pictures of it and yeah, it looks like super interesting and weird and different. And, and you, you say roguelike farming simulator and you're like, oh, OK, that's weird as fuck. But yeah, I think a lot of it might just be timing. Yeah. If this if this game had come out like when the switch like launched or something like maybe that would have been better but like right now i mean the switch library is fucking hella deep with like really 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 good games and if you're just talking about the roguelike genre the competition yeah. is so stiff dude there's so many really amazing roguelikes and this one just does not even match up i just it and it's and again i don't think it's bad i just feel like it's not ready i feel like in 6 months this could be a contender it is just too soon it should not have been sent to the eShop right now and i feel like I'm, it, it feels like an early access game without the early access label, and I just I can't shake that feeling. So yeah, and it's also on all the consoles, so it's like they they went all in. It's like on I just noticed that on my PS4 today. So yeah, it's on PS4, it's on Xbox yeah. One, and it's on PC. And I don't know how early I don't know how long ago it came out of early access because I believe it was actually an early access game, uh, but it was too soon. Like I don't know what was going on. Maybe these people needed money. Maybe there was some kind of contract issue. But it just does not feel right to me, and I kind of feel like it doesn't have much of a chance compared to what else is already on the switch. So kind of poor time and kind of like what you were saying, they kind of release this one at the wrong season, wrong moment. So atomic crops is out today. I actually don't recommend it, but maybe I would recommend it in another six months or a year. I feel like it's on the right track. It just needs to keep going down that track. All right. Oh, and there we go. Before we leave the, uh, or before it leaves our memory too much, when it comes to the Uber driver game, you're talking about, I I was reminded of uh, Johnny cab. Do you remember Johnny cab? 
Oh, that was from uh, Total Recall. Yeah. By the way, young people listening, go watch Total, Total Recall. You're going to have the a original fun time. Total Recall, not the remake. The original oh, one. there was a remake. That's right. No, 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 no. The original the one with Arnold. The one with Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It's real ridiculous, and there's a scene in there about like automated cabs, and there's a little guy named Johnny Cab. So, yeah, let's check that out. Um, Johnny Cab. Yes, Johnny Cab. Right. I have to talk about right, Fallout 76 got... before we go. Fallout 76. Yeah, it's our last game before we get to listener Q&A. Carlos, Fallout 76, there was a brand new update to the base game. So the base game being Fallout 76, Bethesda's Fallout-based post-apocalyptic MMO. Uh, they just recently put out wastelanders and from what i understand i haven't played fallout 76 uh but from what i understand the big appeal of wastelanders is that they finally add npcs in in that game which i guess it was kind of famous for not having npcs yeah and to kind of uh go over the point of what the game is you know it's a instance based kind of online game so when you go into your own map if you're playing by yourself you might have like three or four people that are on your map but that's it you can actually like control how big of an MMO it is. Um, so I think that that's important to note because I think a lot of people will get confused on what this game is. And if you want to play it more like a regular one-player Fallout game, you're really close to can. It's just every once in a while there's like daily events and uh, big challenges that you could do with the people that are on the map, but you don't have to. So um, that's why I originally was drawn to this game because I didn't want to play with like a thousand million people and I didn't want to play Elder Scrolls. What the fuck's it called? Um, Elder Scrolls Online? ESO Online. <laughs> nice. What's the other word in Elder Scrolls game that's online? <laughs> oh, it's online. Um, anyways, yeah, I didn't want to play like a you know, multi-massive game. I wanted to play a multiplayer game. I wanted to play by myself. So I love the Fallout series diehard fan of it played every single game including the originals when they came out because i'm that old and you know uh to the point about the npcs being kind of a big draw for this uh single single player essentially campaign that just dropped um the npcs were there already like the npcs basically in this map when you first started fallout 76 were robots so there were a ton like literal of, robots right yeah they were like you know, Mr. Handy and all those like old timey 1950s robots, they were everywhere with many different voices and many different personalities. And so NPCs were essentially there. It's just like human being NPCs weren't. And um, that was fine. It was fine. But at some point you're playing a Fallout game. And yeah, I think people were like, all right, cool. If I'm going to keep playing this game, then there's got to be some real human beings that are not just the other players in the in the game. So, um, yeah, so this is a 10 to 12 hour single player campaign, essentially. And what's interesting is that I'm level almost 20. And if you start this, the game right away, right now, you just started to play Fallout 76. You can play the campaign that as that level too, because what they really do is they double dip and it also acts as kind of a mini tutorial because okay. which I, for me, I'm level like 19 and I'm like, I don't want no fucking tutorial, but it was harmless enough for someone who's experienced to be able to just go through the motions of it. But it's like, let me, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. Uh, so one point that I'm not entirely clear on, do you need the Fallout 76 base game to play Wastelanders or can you just buy the Wastelanders part? You know, I don't know that answer. I think I'm going to think that you need the main game, okay. um, which I think is a 20 or $30 purchase. Uh, by the way, it's a 
it's well worth the money. If you want to spend a gazillion hours in the world of Fallout and you like Fallout, don't listen to all the haters. That's what that is. Like you, you give them X amount of money and you don't spend any money on their eShop. You just, you know, get the base game. You can be playing Fallout, essentially Fallout 4, forever, right? There's like a million quests. So I find it very fun. I think you need the base game. I had the base game. Um, and yeah, there, you know, there's a, a mission I won't spoil because it's actually pretty spoil heavy. And it starts off in the beginning like, hey, build this thing to get the fucking mission started. And I was like, really? I know how to build things. But all right, I get I get what they're doing in case you're like a, a newcomer. Um, so I'll say two main things about it. One, when I went back to Fallout 76, it's just it's similar to when you keep going back to No Man's Sky. <laughs> yes, I am very familiar with that. So we have a similarity of like a big game that we're like, I should like it by now. Let's let's see what they've added. So I go back in and I immediately remember what I hated, <laughs> which is you have to eat and drink all the time. Oh, no. like your thirst and hunger meters are all crazy all the time. And guess what happens oh, when your thirst dude. and hunger goes down too far, Brad? I don't know what you die. No, you get your health and stamina. I think both they get capped. You know that oh, capping lame. shit? Lame. Yes. So you have to uncap it or you're going to have like not enough stamina to do shit or not enough health to do shit because you're fucking like your your health cap is from radiation, which has always been in all Fallout games. But that's annoying when you're dealing with that and your food and drinking. Oh, and by the way, if you're wearing headphones and you're hungry, your stomach growls. Uh, you hear the, the stomach growling yeah. sound? And I was like, <laughs> fuck you. I, I know I'm like dying over here. So anyways, I hated that. I started the game up immediately because, again, it's a persistent universe, right? So I, I hadn't done shit, right? And they don't, like, really fully stop the clock. So I had nothing that I needed in my inventory. I was starving. Uh, I had, like, very little, like, sh- like shitty water, you know? It's got, like, just like the cr- dirty radiated dirty water. water. So I drink that, and I immediately get dysentery. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm heard of dysentery. I don't have anything. Once you get past that, it's that sim aspect of like, okay, go to the fucking shop, sell all my crap, you know, pick crops from a fucking farm, and now I can go do the mission. So that's strike one, right? Ugh, that sounds like a drag, dude. That is a, it's a fucking drag. But if I tell you now and you're listening to the podcast, you'll be ready for it. And then you can't, <laughs> now hold on, and you can manage it. Like it's all right. It's something you can get past because right now I'm, I might jump in later tonight. Let's just say, and I got enough stuff now. You know what I mean? Like there's things in crates. I got a house and there's I put some food. So you away. get to a point where it's like no big deal. Like after a while. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> let, let, let's be clear. Let's be clear because I'm glad you said that. You're still gonna have to worry about it, and that does suck. And I'm still not happy with it, but it gets more manageable. Like right now, I have like five pieces of uh, chips and an iguana on the stick and a bunch of stuff. So I'm okay for like an hour or two or maybe an hour. Oh my God. Is I, I, Real talk, dude. Real talk. Is that anybody's favorite part of Fallout is managing the goddamn food and water? No. That is so fucking boring and tedious and such... I mean, I mean, I know that there's some people who play like the Iron Man mode or whatever, like the the true survival. Oh yeah, mode, there's a but... survival mode in that too, which I'm never gonna start. Oh no, thank you. That's I mean, that just like I play games to get away from reality, and if I'm fucking drinking and I mean, like that's the other thing too. Like, is it crazy? Because when I play survival games, most of the time, 
it's like, oh, I got to take a drink of water every like 15 seconds and I got to eat a whole sandwich like every every 30 seconds where it seems like totally out of whack with reality. Like, are you constantly like eating and chugging? It's off reality, but it's not like constant. So it's in between. It's not good. I'm not saying it's good, <laughs> but I will say that I can put it away enough and do missions like I was able to get um, maybe three quarters of the single player campaign done. And I wouldn't have done that if it was nickel and dime me every second, but it's definitely still a pain in the ass and I don't like it. And yeah, I don't think it should, I don't think it should be there. Um, okay. So that aside, the actual, like going back into that world, like these are the things that keep me stuck in a game. If I have a fallout game, a first person game that's in a post-apocalyptic world, it's an RPG I'm leveling and there's quests. Uh, see you later world. Uh, I'll be in there forever. So I was definitely hooked, like hook, line, and sinker back into it. Got really far with the game. Coming up on strike number two, Brad Galloway. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I get to one of the highest sections, maybe let's say three quarters of the way through of this main quest that they gave me that I paid money for, that I paid money for. It's this game I paid money I for. I did pay money for this thing. And I get to uh, a section of the game where I rescued somebody and this person's saying, okay, cool. Like, why don't you go do this next thing? And then you'll really figure out what's going on. And I was like, thanks. Yes, I would like to do that. And they go, whoa, you're not level 20. And I, I go, what, what is levels? You know, I, I thought this is a real world and I'm talking to a person here. You're an NPC, right? And she's like, oh yeah, come back to me when you're level 20. Then I'll tell you what to do. Uh, you know how quickly you want to drop out of a game when it says that pretty yeah. quickly so but, it doesn't scale that way so you can't just go through like they definitely require you to hit certain caps or milestones you know i don't before know they'll let you progress yeah I, i'm wondering if they scale based on you you know and still go like hey you're still not strong enough but then if that's the case they would scale the enemy so i think it's a hard cap I which mean, means it like, like it. yeah, you got to be 20 and then like you figure it out. So that was strike two. There's one more strike. And usually that means three strikes are out. Brad Galloway. You're out. That's how the game is played. That's how the you know, game of baseball is played. But anyways, uh, I so I go, OK, fuck you. Fine. I'm 19. I'm level 19. I'm like, I'll go level up. And <laughs> this is you're going to hate this. I'll go, I'll go level up and I'll come back when I'm 20. And that's fine. Then I'll, I'll finish this campaign. So I go out into the wildlands and I find this quest I hadn't beaten. There's like a million quests. And I get to a place where it's a little dangerous, a little dicey, like enemies my level, you know, 19, 25, close to that. Okay, okay. I got good melee. I got my big hammer. I'm ready to do it. And then out of nowhere, a monster comes by and he's level 66. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that guy came from. One shot, dead instantly. Like I like, Oh, man. I like died before I could like know that I was dead. Um, anyways, in this game, it's like Dark Souls where you have to go back and get your shit. You have to do the corpse run. Corpse run, which they drop you pretty close. And luckily the level 66 guy wasn't there, but a pain, right? Then this is all part of the third strike. Then I finally get to said mission to level up, to get to finish the fucking thing I paid for. And I have to do this thing where I have to guard something and you know it's counting down five minutes i gotta guard this thing for five minutes and at the end of five minutes sorry there's a long story but this is it's worth it <laughs> at the end of the five minutes i will have achieved said level 20 be able to go back and actually play the game i bought all right sure 
So it's at three. So it's a countdown, five minutes. Enemies start coming at me. They're all my level, or they're a little less less than my level. Like I'm 19, they're 14. I'm like, I got this. I got a bunch of stim packs. I'm ready. And then three minutes come around, and harder enemies come out. And I was like, well, that's weird because don't they know what level I'm at? You know, aren't they? Uh, I see where this is going. Then all of a sudden, level 35 enemies show up. Oh, man. And that's when the game was over. And that's when I reloaded three more times. And then that's when the game was over. Oh, ugh. that sounds rough, dude. What, a, what rough. a pain. To, it's like a tease. It's a carrot and a stick because in the worst kind of way, I love that world. I love existing in that world. I might not go back to it now because of such a small like fuck up in the way they presented it, you know? And there's no way to know ahead of time. Like in The Witcher, for example, if you looked at the quest list, they would very clearly tell you, like, oh, this quest is way above you, this this quest is below you, and this quest is, like, right at your level. So, you know, there was a little bit of variation, but you knew basically, like, what you were in for when you took a mission. Is there no way to know that? I mean, that's, these... a, that's a good point. This was, in, like, in a harder area. So could I, yes, go to, like, simplest McSimplersons, like, uh, you know, get 600 experience for getting this tomato for me yeah i'll go look for those you know but i'm wondering how many of those i'll have to do before i get to level 20 see what i'm saying like right so I was you're try- trying to get like the most bang for your buck yeah i was trying to do like one or two good missions and i feel like that i should be able to do it but to your point and to mine when i got there there was nothing that said like hey you're gonna get fucked you know like you shouldn't do this one it was just like oh yeah just go up and guard that thing for five minutes yeah hmm. that's my review I tell you what, if you're like already level 20, <laughs> then you'll, you'll have a better time. But I, I sneaking suspicion, a lot of people bailed in this game and did not make it. Like I spent a fuck ton of time to get to level 19. So, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I guess that's the perils of playing a game that leans towards the MMO direction. Sounds like there's a little bit of balancing or uh, maybe some flagging to do in Fallout 76. Um, but you're out. You're out. I right? think I think oh you know this just like No Man's Sky I want to be it, out I'm out for temporary but there might be something that brings me back in though well just like No Man's Sky you just wait for the next update and they if they add something that looks cool then you jump back in I mean look at me I went back to No Man's Sky like five fucking times and it didn't take until like the fifth time so maybe you give it a couple more updates on the Fallout 76 and uh, you know a little bit down the road six months a year down the road you'll be loving that game we'll talk about it soon. I'm sure <laughs> we'll talk about it soon. All right, folks, that is the last of our official games we're discussing right now. We're almost to the end of the show. But before we get there, we do have a couple questions sent in by listeners. We love to get questions from listeners. Thank you all very much for sending these. Um, we're just going to get right to it. Carlos, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question comes from Thief of Hearts. This is his third of three questions. He sent us three a while ago. We've been doing them one a week to kind of stretch them out, and this is the final one. So thank you, Thief. Really appreciate you listening. Thank you for the question as well. His question is, there's a Battle Royale deathmatch featuring all of the cartoon slash comic villains of your youth. Who gets dropped like a chump first, and who ends up winning in the end? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, I have two good answers for who wins. Okay. Who's, who would lose first? Do you want to do who would like lose I, first? Yeah, let's do let's do who would lose first. So if we were looking at... I mean, cartoons and comics is a pretty wide spectrum. So you've got a lot to choose from here. Who who do you think would bite the dust first? <clears throat> well, I, I'm asking if you can go first. So let me think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, I will absolutely go first. Um, so I, I thought about this for a minute. I mean, there's like so many, there's so many responses I could give. Um, I mean, I think that if, if we were talking about who would go down first, I mean, obviously it would be like any of those goons from any of those, uh, cartoons. Like I think maybe like, uh, the, the, the basic Cobra soldiers from the GI Joe cartoon, like those guys would get taken out like immediately. Um, I think maybe like Gargamel from the Smurfs would probably go down like a chump pretty early on. Oh, he's got some brains on him though. He would probably come with some sort of concoction. I mean, if he didn't have a potion ready, like all this, this stuff, all these schemes blow up in his face at the end, right? That's so, like, true I mean, too. if he if he got thrown down, if he was parachuting to a deathmatch island out of a out of a plane, and all he had was the stuff on his back, I don't know if he'd do so well. Gargamel might eat it pretty quick. Um, oh, the, you know any of the? I was gonna what? say any of the henchmen from like any comic book ever, right? Yeah, any of the like the the generic foot soldiers from like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, those guys would go down in a hurry. Yeah. Um. So that's who I think would go down. Um. I have a couple thoughts for who would win, but who do you think would would eat it pretty quickly? Yeah. No, I'm just gonna agree with you because we can move on to the the much more exciting uh, <laughs> answer because I think the other answer is, is more exciting. I, I think, okay. Well, yeah. you go, you go first then. Who would who would be who would be the people? One or two people who would who would take it all? Who would come in first place in this battle royale? I have I have four answers. I'm very excited. Oh Jesus. Okay. Yeah, go, yeah, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. Um. Oh, this is exciting. So first one is Felix the Cat, one of my favorite. Uh, oh, cartoons. bag of tricks. I bet half the people listening to this podcast don't even know who Felix the Cat is. No, but I, he, he's popped up in other like modern culture references. He's like on shirts and stuff. He had a cartoon where he had his bag of tricks, but also like anytime he looked at things, he had this little like dotted line that came out of his eye. Right. Yep. Like like what yep. I guess kind of happened in the old timey cartoons. And he's like, oh, I'm looking at this. But as soon as he did that, those became physical reality and he could use those things like he could make a ladder out of the thing he was like looking at. Crazy. This guy was like crazy superpowers. Have you seen like the super, super OG, like really old Felix, the original Felix yeah. the Cat cartoons? That's the ones I'm those talking about. Actually, for, bananas, yeah. dude. Those are so crazy. Yeah. I had a DVD of them and uh, I would watch them a lot. And so, yeah. Fiesta Cat, I would also say, um, oh, I almost wanted to just do like two and then you do two, but you probably only have a couple. Nah, you go ahead. I only okay. had a couple. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here we go. Um, Ambush Bug, one of my favorite comic books ever. Oh, my God. I didn't know anybody else in the world read Ambush Bug except for me. Ooh, and my buddy Jason Sachs uh, knows him. He writes about comics, and we talk about him a lot. He is a trickster. He's ridiculous. He'll break the fourth wall. He might have been one of the first comics to do that. Where you were like reading a comic and he's like like looking at you and literally like the next page you turned like he'd be outside of the comic and it'd be a commercial for some weird like cooking show you're like what the yeah. fuck is happening why is ambush Bug- I think it was Keith Giffen that wrote that it Isn't sure was that right to yeah, you? yeah 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 sure was he was kind of he was kind of Deadpool before Deadpool was a thing it was definitely Deadpool yeah and by the way pre Deadpool I started <clears throat> writing a screenplay for a movie. I, I would love for that to be a thing. Uh, I, my, my whole life will be complete if Ambush Bug you know, gets a proper Deadpool treatment. Uh, See, that would suck, though, because you and I know that Ambush Bug came first, like, way a long time before Deadpool did. But if anything like that came down the pike, all people would say would be like, oh, it's a Deadpool clone. He's just copying Deadpool. Well, like, then, he did Deadpool before Deadpool, but, like, there's, you know, you can't follow that now. We could just show him the comics and they'd be like, you're wrong. You know, there's things called facts. Uh, I, oh, oh, tell I, I me know. about facts these days, dude. Jeez. I know, I know. Here's a tangent we're not going to go on, but the, there are things that are actual things. Okay, two more answers real quick, because uh, yes. Ambush Bug would obviously just break the fourth wall. Like That's me. a great Both your answers like superb so far, by the way. Ooh, I have two more superb answers. Well, thank you for Oh, that. shit. I'm patting myself on the back. I shouldn't have done that. But one more is uh, Mr. Mitzelplex. 
Oh yes, from uh, from Superman. Superman, DC Comics. Yeah, he would just be like, "Guess what? Everything's different. You're gone." And just like a, a cloud of smoke would happen and you'd be like somewhere else. And you're like, how did he do that? Um, and so I'm sure he would like do really well. And then the, my favorite answer is the Beyonder. The Beyonder. About, from you know, Secret Wars. Yes, from Secret Wars. I mean, okay, okay. Keep, keep talking, keep talking. Well, he, in the issue that I remember when he was introduced, he could do anything he wants. He's essentially like a god. and But he's also like, like, foolish and he doesn't really like understand his powers so like one time he like walked to a big building like a huge like office building and the guy's like oh well everything here like gold is really worth a lot so he's like oh let's make everything gold so then he just touches everything and he turns it to gold but then he killed everybody in that building <laughs> because <laughs> he just turned the whole fucking thing to gold right uh, and everything in it too yeah yeah <laughs> but i think even with his accidents he would just like destroy because he's a god Exactly. Exactly. Okay, those okay. are all really good answers. Those are actually pretty deep cut, pretty cool answers. I'm very, I'm very happy with that. Good job, dude. Good job. Well, I did think about two uh, of those beforehand. So, well, I, I did not. Well, I mean, so thinking about this, I mean, I want to say in my heart of hearts that the only answer I can really say is Optimus Prime because I love Transformers. Optimus Prime is the man, uh, pivotal father figure in my life growing up because my actual dad was a sack of shit. So. Having Optimus Prime in my life was great. And, you know, he's like the leader of the Autobots. He's like so wise. He's so strong, good in battle, can do so much stuff. I mean, I feel like he would be pretty good in a death match. I mean, it's tough when you bring in like the cosmic level guys, because if you're like putting, you know, like regular superheroes or, or superpowered beings up against gods, I mean, it's like a whole like. I know. Maybe I cheated. I don't know. I, I, maybe I cheated. I mean, it was, a, it was a broad question. You could say whatever you want. I think it was fine. You gave whatever answer you gave. That's fine. And that being um, said, Optimus I, Prime would do fine. Like, he would just, like, he would kick ass. Maybe he would, like... I mean, top 10 regardless, dude. Like, it doesn't oh, matter who you'd yeah. have. Top, easily top 10. Probably top 5. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, gosh. I mean, there's so many... There's so many... Um, there's so many answers you could give. I mean, I mean, I feel like... if you, Again, if you're not doing the cosmic, I feel like Wolverine would probably come to the top with the healing and the claws, and he's always been, like, scrapping so crazy. I mean, he would come back from so much stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go. A lot of ways you could go. Although, I really I really do think that your Felix answer was a really good one. I am I'm, I am enamored of your Felix answer. Let's pick Felix as the winner for whatever that is. He might be the winner. I think he's the winner. Okay. So much for that one. Thank you again, Thief. I love your questions. Keep sending them in. These are really fun to answer. In fact, all these questions that we got today are actually not even game-related, which I think are sometimes the more interesting questions. Um, one, this, uh, The next one comes from a new listener. Her name is Milana. She says, if you built a themed hotel, what would the theme be and what would the rooms look like? Carlos, you're up. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, wow. <laughs> um, I want to go second, but... Oh, wait. My first answer is a video game answer. The themed hotel would be TurboGrafx. That would be a cool hotel. Because it could, be, it could be PC Engine stuff. It could be Turbo stuff. It could be all the, like, the really cheesy commercials playing on TVs and like, um, and, like, bonk stuff. I don't know. Maybe there'd be, like, yeah, different weird foods that were based on the games. I think I might be heaven in that hotel. See, that was kind of the same answer that I picked because, I mean, it seems like kind of a gimme that, you know, we're a video game podcast. And since this question wasn't specifically related to video games, uh, she didn't say we couldn't say that. I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, like a game themed hotel where, 
you could have like the Nintendo room and you could have the, you know, the Genesis room and you could have, you know, all those sorts of things. And you know, the themed food, there could be like, like if you've ever been to PAX, like the free play rooms, like maybe you go down to like the lounge and there could be like, uh, like a barcade or something, right? Like all these different systems set up. You can play, you can borrow a game and drink a drink or whatever, have some food. That to me would be a pretty dope ass hotel. I would actually really want to go to that. I, um, I'll go ahead. I, I thought of two go, more, but you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now you go. Uh, two more different answers. One just came popped into my head is um, Saturday morning cartoon or maybe like breakfast cereal hotel, like some sort of like you're like a kid and like I, I might be having a dream right now. I might be. <laughs> but like you're I just saw like a, like day glow colors and like like stuff like that goes with Saturday morning, like from the olden days. Well, like our past essentially where you'd get up and you eat cereal and like there'd be a lot of cartoons on and uh, I don't know maybe that's a shit answer now that I'm thinking it out loud I mean it's kind of a cool answer like you would have to wear you would have to wear pajamas all the time to like get the Saturday morning feel yeah, going yeah. you would have to have breakfast of like some kind of hyper sugary cereal and then you would just like have a big TV in your room that you would like sit in and just like watch and catch up with that stuff it might be kind of cool I could do that for a night that'd be like a good retro nostalgia trip that'd be kind of fun yeah, the other answer that is a, a, a real answer that I want actually like right now is a cyberpunk uh, hotel. That would be cool. What would you? What would be like the rooms look like? Well, I just want it to look like we're in the future. Like I'm tired of living in the present. Like I want to be in the far future. So just crazy and almost like unnecessary. Like a lot of cyberpunk stuff is like a lot of wires and just crazy <laughs> goggles. And That's stuff. what I think of. I think of wires. Wires is the first thing I think of. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind just kind of like going into that. Like this is this is the existence right now. It's this, and you, yeah. There's like VR helmets in the rooms, and there's like a lot of things you can like like lock into. I don't know. Maybe they give you like an arm attachment, and you can like put things in it. I don't know. Just be like a cyber. I don't know. I think. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I just don't. I don't think those are good answers, though. <laughs> no, those are pretty good answers. I think um, the only other thing I would say off the top of my head was I would like to have like, I, you know, I spend a lot of time like eating food and like, cooking food. And my wife and I are both pretty good cooks. And we like to, you know, think about food and and, and do that when we get the chance. Um, I would I think it would be cool if you had like a room, like a restaurant themed hotel where if in your room, there would be like a little compartment. Right. So like you have your bed and your couch or tv like a balcony whatever but then there'd be like a wall dedicated to like um like a bar right and it would kind of look like um if you go to like a like a teppanyaki restaurant or something like that like uh um what's that one japanese restaurant where you go and the people they have like the grill that's in front of you benihana you've been to benihana before Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah if there's like a benihana like in your room and like you know like it's closed so like if you need to get busy with your wife or you just want some privacy like there's no one there but when it's dinner time like the wall opens up and like a little chef comes out and he could be like, just make like whatever you want. Like you challenge this guy to be like, oh, I want you to make me a shark sandwich. And, you know, your friend <laughs> is like, I want like a lobster soup. And then the dude's got to like, just like make it for you, like on the spot. That'd be pretty fun. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I can't get the visual out now because you said if you want to get busy or the wife and you're like, don't worry, they won't be there. But then the wall's right there. So like all of a sudden you're getting busy arriving. It opens up and you're like, yeah, hey, you guys want some food? Oh, well, don't mind me. I'll just be here. Leave the leave the pizza rolls and get the fuck out, okay? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm just behind this wall the whole time. <laughs> it, it, we're workshopping it. It's not a done deal. We, there's no financing on this hotel yet. We're still working out the kinks. Working yeah. out the kinks. Working out the kinks. Right. Come on. It's oh. in the it's in the thing you said. 
There we go. There we go. All right. Thank you very much for that question, uh, Milana, and thank you for listening. Final question comes from Dolores Cheek, returning questioner. Maybe she's going to have one for us next week as well. Thank you very much for your question. Again, Dolores, always a pleasure. Uh, she says, when you are old, Carlos, when you are old, what do you think children will ask you to tell stories about? Uh, well, A, I'm old already. So <laughs> that part's already done. And what are You're the not that old. Me? You're not that old. Oh, uh, listen to this voice. This is a grizzled old man. And he's been here for <laughs> way too long. And he's a little bit tired. All right. Um, and by little, I mean a lot. Um, what are they? Well, they, it's almost what they'll ask me now. I think they'll ask me about old school video games, like like early video and early video games. And I'm saying this based on like experience. So I was not to pat my own back, but I was at the beginning of like creating online video. Like I definitely was part of that early group. And I've got stories for days, which by the way, shameless plug, youtube.com slash a lot of things. I'm starting to tell stories for my life. Uh, I think I'll talk about like early video early internet and and video games because i think all that stuff is moving such at a fast pace uh that i think yeah i think they'll be like what was it like when there was no internet i mean we can get that question now right exactly sure we could answer that yeah. and then also what was it like to play like early video games we can get that answer now but even even further in the future like you know what what is the format for games is it all in your you know glasses is it uh, a VR experience is truly VR, and it's like, wait, you had to like look at it on a television. I don't understand. So, yeah, I think video games, video, and what I say, the internet. I think those are things people would ask me. I have a similar sort of answer. I actually do have kids, and uh, my youngest is ten, and he does ask me. Well, okay, most of the time he doesn't care. He doesn't want to know what I know, what I think or what I know. <laughs> but when I but when we do get in the storytelling mood, he will often ask questions because to him, everything is like a million years ago. And it's funny because when he will tell us, like, he'll tell me something and he'll be like, oh, dad, I just read about this thing or I saw this thing on TV. It was like super, super long time ago from the 80s. Right. <laughs> and like he talks about it from like a million years ago. And it always kind of jars me a little bit. But like what he likes to hear stories about the most is just how our childhoods were different. So like I grew up um, most of my life way out in the, in the woods, like way out super far from town. It was like at least 45 minutes to get to town. I was way out in the, I lived near a lake. I, I was free roaming the forest and just, I would leave my house at like eight o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't come back until five o'clock at night. My parents had no idea where I was. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like doing crazy shit. I would like get in a boat and I would go out of the ocean and I would just like Wait, go far in the boat? ocean. Holy shit! I did. I had a boat. I would go, and I would go to a lake and be gone all day long. I would go in the ocean, and we'd go far out in the fucking ocean, dude. We'd like watch for seals. We'd like fish, like as far down as we could go. Like I did crazy shit. And so, like me telling my son this story, his life is like so radically different from mine that it is fascinating to him to hear what a different background I had. Like, and Allison said, you know, I do the same thing that you mentioned too. Like, oh, you know, we didn't have remote controls when I was a kid. I had no phone. We had no Google. We had you know, like uh, we could, you know, look at you. You can pause the TV show whenever you want to. And we couldn't pause TV back in my day. And, you know, like I think just that kind of dichotomy of between his life and my life is really what he likes to hear the most. And it's always kind of like, oh, my God, like it seems like so far away. So I think I think that's what they really want to know. And I feel like in the future we're going to have a whole lot more stories to tell because 
I mean, God willing, we'll all be here and it'll be a fine time to tell stories. And I'm kind of kind of wondering if it's going to be like, oh, tell us what it was like when this was a free country. Tell us uh, what it was like when you could vote. Be... It's going to be dark. Yeah, what was What was hot food like, Dad? What was <laughs> What was that like? No, it's going to go back. It's going to go back to the boat thing. We're going to like the future is going to be the boat. Oh, God, probably. The, the past, was, yeah, the oh, past is the boat and the future is the boat. By the way, t- not to leave that alone. I also did that where um, so we we're telling stories. But, yeah, my mom would be like, OK, see you later <laughs> at the beginning of the day. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. see you later. I got my nap sack. I, I'll, I'll 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 talk to you when I talk to you. And oh, then it was just like into the woods so i didn't have the ocean but we were like in more suburban area but there was always woods like we always lived near some sort of woods and those woods were in my mind in a kid's mind endless right oh yeah dude for sure they're probably like two miles long but it it was forever and so i would just go in there (laughs) this sounds funny just saying it i just hit things with other things just hit things with just a stick. Just hit things. Like, oh, hit. <laughs> here's a good stick. <laughs> I like. I love this. I'm just laughing at my own child version. I'm like, this stick will do. This will be a good one. For what, Carlos? You know, hitting things. And uh, and then I'd <laughs> hit things. That's what you things. did as a kid. You found a stick and you hit things. That's what you did. Hit things and, like, hit things with other things. And then ch- climb things. Like, I was much more fearless um, than I am now. Like, I'm like... I'm not going to climb that fence. You know, I could fall down and hurt myself. Like back then I'm like, I'll climb the tallest thing I can see. What the fuck? Like go over there and just, I mean like the, yeah, exactly. And hurt myself. Like I'd be fucking scratches all over me. Come back. And here's the thing. Like you said, we come back and I'd have like twigs in my hair, fucking scratches Mm -hmm. on my face, like deep, (laughs) deep scratches all over. And they're like, ah, you better get in the bath. You know? Yep clean up before dinner no questions asked dude no no doubt dude like where you been what'd you do nothing okay cool oh i mean I like just, i was hitting nothing stuff but where'd you where what happened to this how'd you get this injury yeah where did you take a shit today like what did you did you eat any food like did you drink any water like what happened to you where did you go like my parents couldn't give a shit dude no. they did not fucking care no and by the way i just realized that where did we go to the bathroom i guess we just peed in the woods and, oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Anytime, anywhere. Yes. And that there was this little, uh, just to finish this memory, there was this little, um, now this makes me sound like I'm 84 years old, but it was a penny, uh, a little, it was called Temple Dairy, and it was a little, like, convenience store, but they had penny candy. And it was still a thing back then. Like, wow. n- penny and nickel and dime candy. And you would go in, and there's all these little, uh, little, you know, cubby holes or whatever they are with like candy in them and they each have oh, like yeah. a, a price on each one right like bulk foods today but it was like literally there was five cent and ten cent like now and laters and you know tootsie rolls and stuff and i would make it out of the woods and like like find my way to that little convenience store and get stuff and then go back in it was fucking great it was good i'm neither one of us died so it, it was great no. and i'm very happy and i i often think back and i wonder how did my parents get away with being such terrible parents? Because I did so much dangerous shit and I almost died so many times. I would never, never in my wildest dreams, send my 10 year old kid off to the woods and be like, see you in 12 hours. Like <laughs> that's, that is the craziest fucking thought to me. And yet that is exactly what I did when I was a kid. It I, is I, fucking I, bizarre. I know you wouldn't, but, and this is a whole other podcast, but I think there's advantages to it. I just, I do, I do, because I do think there's a lot of coddling going on. I think there's a lot of social media 
uh, rage and uh, outrage around fucking bullshit and like living the real world and like before society, before civilization, like you and I were like fighting for ourselves. I think there's something to that. Maybe not to the extent of all day we're missing, but <laughs> we, went, we went missing on a regular basis <laughs> is what our childhood was. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not that much, but I definitely think there's something to it. Like I feel, yeah. There, I, I agree. And at the same time, as a parent who has a kid, I'm like, I am never, ever doing that. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you for the questions, Dolores Cheek. That was a fun trip down memory lane. Uh, really appreciate it. And thank you again for listening. That's all the Q&A this week. Uh, real quickly, Carlos, uh, anything you're looking forward to in the future? Anything you've got your eye on vis-a-vis anything in your eye on Games Field? Eye on Games Field is three items. And uh, if you're new to the show, basically these are games that I'm really excited about that I'll either be playing for the next episode or very, very shortly. And you'll expect to see them on a new episode. I mean, One, to be fair, sometimes you're moderately excited about them. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> all these I'm pretty excited about. Uh, one very excited about. Uh, Maneater, which we are both going to be playing, I think, before we talk about it. I am going to try to play this. I'm trying to play it. But I heard, real briefly, I heard that if you got to play it, PS4 is the way to go because... Uh, apparently the Xbox One version like superheats your Xbox and locks it up. What? So no. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I heard it's similar for PC as well. So something about hmm. PC or Xbox is is wigging that game out. I know the developers are working on a patch. So I was going to wait until a patch came through to play it. So we'll see what happens. Well, that makes sense because PS4 does have that shark filter, you know, built true. in to the system. Very so. true. Very true. Uh, superior. It Clearly. is superior. Also, I'm going to finally review Darksburg for everybody. I know that was mentioned uh, maybe eight episodes ago or something. I apologize. Uh, it's a multiplayer game, so it's taking me a little longer to kind of review it and look it over. Uh, should be next episode. And then what I'm playing, as soon as we finish this episode, I'm going to you know pack it up and go over to the PS4 and play Those Who Remain. Because Ooh, it's too scary for me. Yeah, I know it's too scary for you, but it's actually, I hear in what I've researched... It's a psychological thriller, not horror per se, more actual thriller and more like uh, delving into the mind and trying to like understand stuff about the, the human mind, which is much more my speed. So, All right. Well, we shall see what we, we shall see, and we will cover these games uh, probably next week. Yep. And now I have no more voice because we just talked for two hours. <laughs> this was a long one but that is it that is it the show is over thank you very much for listening folks before we go just a quick reminder we love to get questions and comments as you saw earlier when we did the q a uh please hit us up at so video games podcast at gmail.com also hit us up on twitter at so video games but you can hit us up individually that's probably the best way carlos where can people reach out and find you this week uh please go to youtube.com slash a lot of things all one word and check out stories. If you like these stories, well, man, I got more for you. Uh, and I'll be doing uh, one a week, probably. And it's called A Lot of Stories. YouTube.com slash... I can't speak anymore. It's done. It's done. YouTube.com slash A Lot of Things. Excellent, excellent. As for me, it's the same as usual. On Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's and no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 183. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll be back before you know it. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. 
And uh, Felix the Cat is awesome. And go back and watch those old cartoons. They're pretty good. From Carlos.